0: Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by co-host Aaron Keller. We are back in his office, and we're joined for the very first time by Upland Game staff specialist Justin Small. Justin, welcome to your first podcast with us.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you here and while you might be new to this position, you are not new to Endow. Could you tell us a little bit about where you've been?
1: Yes, so I've been here for the last almost two years. I started with the Sagebrush Ecosystem Program in February of 2021 and I was Endow's lead at the, at the set which we call the Sagebrush Ecosystem Technical Team and that's kind of my entrance into Endow.
0: Nice. So that was a um, was that's a habitat team, right? In it is. Habitat division?
1: It is. It's oversight is through the habitat team. I was hired by Alan Janay when I came in. Of course, is now the director. And Mark Fries took that position over just before I left and took over for Sean Espinosa in the game department as that playing game staff specialist.
0: Nice. Well, I feel like the insight you would have from that position would be really beneficial to the upland game staff specialist since everything as we always talk about is so intertwined.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it gave me a, a, a definitely a unique purview and a viewshed on what's coming in to NDAL, uh and our responsibility as a game agency, but also a conservation group to look at the, the level of disturbance that's coming in on the landscape as far as green energy. I was indal's not only lead at the set on, um, uh, at the program, but also I handled all the debit transactions coming in. And what we mean by Devon, it's a proponent-driven conservation credit system Hmm. uh, mitigation. And when you see the level of threats that's coming in on the landscape that could potentially impact wildlife, kind of gives you a different perspective on what we're dealing with on a landscape
0: level. I bet. I can see that. Yeah. So then this position opened and you applied and here you are?
1: Yeah. So to get in, I don't know if you guys want me to go into a little bit of my background right now. Yeah. But uh, I'd come here in hopes of uh, moving into a position like this. I didn't know if I would, you know, take over for Sean Espinosa, that's done a phenomenal job across the arc of his career the last 20 years. Uh, I've known a Sean a little bit, not didn't know him personally, but of his work. Uh, but also uh, with Indal's involvement in the western states, as far as sage-grouse management, um, any upland game bird biologist position, that takes up about 80% of your bandwidth. Sometimes that's unfortunate, but it's by necessity as far as sage grouse being a landscape species and where they're at um, looking at overall management in uh, Western habitats. But I'd spent the last almost eight, well actually a little over eight years at this point uh, in research with greater sage grouse. I did a PhD finished up in 2020. I came back a little later to finish my graduate work and research greater sage grouse response to habitat manipulation projects at the landscape scale in the form of conifer removal, pinyon juniper removal in northwest Utah, and kind of been neck deep in that world. I don't want to be single species focused my whole career. I love other Mm -hmm. Eppelin game bird species. I have a lot of fidelity to quail and chucker, city grouse, dusky grouse, but I'd had my eyes on this position when I came and uh, thought Sean was going to stick around a little longer in it, but when it came available, I wanted to wanted to shoot for it. So super thankful to have the position and uh, really looking to forward where it goes and kind of taking the helm for Sean and of moving things in the future
0: yeah what perfect timing and again just all of your background you've mentioned sounds so perfect for it i could see why you're the new upland game staff specialist and then we usually do have sean on this time of year but now he's the game division administrator very deserving of it but um absolutely we have you on to talk about something that upland game hunters look <clears throat> forward to all year long and that is our chucker forecast which we just announced today the day the podcast is being recorded
1: yeah should be a great year for chucker especially with the <clears throat> the winter we had and the flush of green early in the spring and later in the spring some of the eastern range i feel could have been uh, set back or retarded a little bit as far as um, uh, nesting and, and brooding goes i think some of the broods could have been a maybe interrupted could have caused the second brood or habitat could have been good enough in areas where they did renest nest and have a second brood which is that abnormal conditions have to really be right that that happen happened and more are selected upland game species like checker it's a little bit more common in longer life live birds and um within the gallinaceous bird world upland game birds like a sage grouse um but within checker it's a little bit more rare so i think we could have a really really good year and talk into the staff and i wanted to also give a, a shout out to all the regional staff uh regional biologists not just uh You know, obviously game, doing the heavy lifting, but uh, fisheries um, within the report, I said regional biologists this time instead of just game biologists because um, we had a few folks say, hey, be sure to mention we had fishery folks join in and and even help with data collection. Wow, that's the
0: one end out spirit right there. And
1: coming from a research background where there's a lot of data cleaned up post prospects before you kind of run an index through the analysis, I can say that uh, very um with happy with what i seen with the data collection coming in from the field very very minimal post process cleaning almost none before i crunch a number so it yeah it, it does and shout out to them we got high quality yeah. staff out there in the regions and yeah the level of professionality is is top notch.
0: And that's reassuring. We're putting a good report out there with really good data from our team. It
1: is. And like I said in the report and Sean said in the past, it's not a complete cross section of the an index of the checker population across there. But the better better data we get, the better inference we can make on what we do know we have on the landscape. So it's worth getting that quality data and we're appreciative of it.
0: Can you explain
1: Yeah, so um, obviously with this year, the weather was impending a lot of that, and some of our surveys come in later, but they have they have routes that they go and do either, sometimes they'll walk routes, or they'll go to certain areas where they can see the, have a view shed on the guzzler or something, and they'll go back and replicate those as many times, two to three to four times to feel like they're getting a good index of what's going on in that area. And that's, that's in the southern region, that's in eastern region, in western region.
0: Are spread throughout the state a bunch of
1: different mountain ranges? They are. They're stratified across mountain ranges in areas that is where it's repeatable they can get to. Sometimes they're walked into, but it, it helps to have areas where you know you have good bird densities in the past, and then we can replicate that and that gives us an index over time of what that data looks like across the arc of time and and then instead of just going to random locations on the landscape. Yeah, yeah i mean you take people like Mount, matt jefferson the eastern region and and that crew out there scott roberts they've they've been out there a long time and and uh, jason salisbury and, and all the regional staff and there's i don't want to miss anybody i can go through them all but they just have a a memory and a legacy of that knowledge out there and they know where to go and how the animals use the landscape and they can just interpret or interpret that Uh, habitat conditions and seasonality and where to go and where to find birds that sometimes the staff specialists don't know that and uh, super appreciative for that and um, makes it confident when we do get um, population numbers back and survey data that it's it's the best it could be you know Mm -hmm. Um, new for this year what we're doing in um, southern Nevada is we're partner and I've been I talked to Joe Bennett a little while ago. He's the Southern Region uh, Game Manager, and Joe said, "Hey, would you be would you mind including some um, camera count data for Chucker?" It was mainly to start doing an index on quail, looking at occupancy data using uh, trail cameras. And I said, "Yeah, send me the data." Well, the data was phenomenal. Had over one million photos, oh and um, so we was able to get a really good. Uh, kind of interpretation of what's going on with that chucker population down there. And production was really good down there too. The bird densities aren't as high as they are in the uh, eastern and western, more northern regions. Um, But it showed production was good across the state. Yeah, Uh, And they're kind of outside the southern Great Basin down there and and, they rely more on monsoonal weather. We rely, we're more upper Great Basin, intermountain west, higher precept and but it was good to see that production across the state though i probably wouldn't drive if i lived up north from reno to go to southern nevada to hunt chucker yeah. but pairing that with a gambles quill hunt it's a phenomenal opportunity yeah yeah and 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 i would uh, one thing i'd say if you live in southern nevada reach out to the game division down there or you can reach out to me and Maybe we can give you a little bit better resolution on pointing you some in the, the right directions that I wouldn't say in the report. I don't like to get so area-specific in the report. Yeah. Because with the culture we have interlayered into, into Nevada, you start pulling out specific, not only units, but areas. People can narrow in on that pretty quick.
0: Yeah. No, that's good for people to know and that they could call you. You might yeah. be getting a lot of calls. So no, that's good. So I'd careful throwing that out there. But um, yeah, no, that's a great resource. And awesome that Joe did that for you too it goes yeah, to show
1: and he said you don't have to accept it but we're partnering with uh southern region that's Quell forever and we're looking forward to continuing that partnership that's where that data is coming from so indel's game biologists pointed into the areas where they thought it'd be good to set the cameras and then Quell forever did all the legwork. work and and uh shout out to them for all the hours they put in the field that, there's a lot of work into that when you look at the data there's a lot of work yeah it like a it's a good partnership and we're uh we're continuing or we're looking forward to continuing that partnership.
0: I'm at this like weird time right now where I'm like, do I go to the break and then we get further into all the areas to go to or do we keep going? Well, so, oh, oh, perfect. So there as you go.
1: Um, Yes and no. I would say this year uh, it's regions, more region specific, just simply because when you have heavy snow loads, like in the eastern region where we do have some quail, it's limited because of higher elevation, high precip. The precip's good, but the snow load's not great on valley quail populations. And as far as I know, we have no mountain quail out there in some of those eastern ranges. That kind of stops in Humboldt County. But in the Humboldt County, Pershing County and all the counties and then the southern uh, Esmeralda, the the quill populations look pretty good. Yeah. What about Huns? Yeah. So I talked to Sean last year and he's or about last year and he said Huns, even though the densities didn't come back as far as because we're limited on how much work we do on Huns. It's more just opportunity. And the eastern region tries to do a good and they do a good job. It tries to put out a decent effort. Yeah, because they like huns like I do. And, and they're we consider them a bonus bird, kind of like where I come from Utah. You know, we had probably a little bit more huns on the landscape, especially in northern Utah, but it's hard to pattern huns. They're either kind of here or there. You might get into coveys. You might just see a few birds. But it should be a pretty decent year for huns as well. Yeah, and they're one of my favorite non-native upland game birds. They're my favorite bird to eat good to that, know that might come as a shock to people that think chucker's the holy grail and i love chucker too uh i mean they're all neck and neck quail chucker and and huns but uh yeah. huns are
0: your favorite i haven't tried a hun i'll have to try one now <laughs> well they're unlike
1: a lot of dark-meated birds they're darker than chucker they're definitely on the darker side but um yeah my wife would agree too she's we've ate a lot of quail growing up on this part of the world and she said that uh she goes man i think they're better and well.
0: Huh? So, yeah. who would have thought? I don't know
1: about saying yeah. I wouldn't go that far, but they're they're pretty they're good. They're pretty good. They're
0: pretty good. Well, yeah. good to know. And then we'll get right back into Chucker yeah. right after this quick break. You are listening to Nevada Wild. Long gone to if you enjoy listening to our podcast leave us a review on itunes and soundcloud for more information on hunting fishing boating and all things wildlife go to endow.org now back to the show welcome back to nevada wild today we are talking with justin small our new upland game staff specialist before the break we got to know justin a little bit and hear how our chucker forecast is conducted, and now he's going to get into the actual forecast. Justin, it was really positive this year. Uh, you even mentioned a percentage that sounded really good to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I can get underneath the veneer a little bit of that. So <clears throat> this is just speaking, this isn't speaking for southern Nevada. We we ran that a little different because of the quail occupancy data based off cameras. I mm-hmm. included their own section in southern Nevada throughout the uh, When you look at the checker forecast, it'll be the third paragraph down. I gave them their own paragraph, but the way the data was stratified, I couldn't run the same numbers on it. We're gonna augmentate that next year into the main checker forecast. But throughout um, uh, July and late, or through late July and all the way going into August and up truthfully to here recently, um, we looked at 40, surveyed 44 areas across the Western and Eastern Nevada counties and the main takeaways here uh is we went up to six uh six chicks per adult this season that's a 62 percent increase from last year and it's been kind of either trending down or just bumping slightly up and to put that in context for the 2023 season um, seven out of the eight counties showed production values above the 4.5 percent threshold that means to maintain or to increase population. In biology, we call it lambda, the intrinsic growth rate. Um, but for the layperson, it's that's the threshold. And only Pershing County was 4.1. Just barely. Just barely. And it still wouldn't stir me away from going on hunting Pershing County, especially for the folks that have, you know, long-term knowledge of that. It's going to be, still be decent. But there's other counties close by that if If you have the ability and the flexibility, I think I'd probably go there too.
0: Yeah, no, that is great to hear. I was saying during the break, it's been the last few years, we've just had such dry years that it just hasn't sounded as positive in this just good news for Upland Game Hunters.
1: Yeah, and then just a little bit about the the southern Nevada, you know, obviously the densities are lower, but chicks per adult uh, showed 6.3 for northern Clark County, 5.5 for southern Clark County. 7.0 for Southern Nye, 8.5 in Southern Lincoln, and 4.9 for Esmeralda. Mm -hmm. So pretty decent chick production down there, even though, like I said, the densities are lower. And some of the densities weren't all that bad when you look at the camera count data. Uh, And I feel the camera count data has validity up here, too, because it's remote surveys and there's no human footprint when you're going in there could do any disturbance. So I think that's something we could... um, Definitely involved in the northern regions as well. Yeah,
0: it's almost like passive.
1: It is passive.
0: Observation mm-hmm. passive.
1: Yeah, yeah, without us being present or, or present or doing you know helicopter surveys, which sometimes chucker surveys are lumped into big game surveys, and it's just not specific, you know, mm-hmm. for a playing game. Which we we do what we can to utilize our funding as best as we can when we're out in the field doing um, aerial surveys. But uh, I would be all for involving some of that up here. Nice. Not totally. I don't want to get away from the actual physical surveys. There's a lot of continuity we've had across years with them, and I see mm-hmm. the viability in them and appreciate all the hard work with the staff. But
0: Just but, another added tool. Just another added tool, and
1: it, it might help inform some of the bigger like uh, integrated population models down the road, IPMs as they're called, uh, to get a true index or at least a higher resolution index on some of these bird populations across the state. Yeah, Yeah. You know, you're kind of going that direction, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm definitely an applied person. Uh, and if I'd have went that route, it would have been in, definitely in an extension world. But I have a strong fidelity to state and federal, but step, definitely more state because I feel like we're actually manipulating animal populations or have the, the ability to do that. We're mm-hmm. um, the ones that kind of deal with furs and the feathers and uh, the fins and. You know, whether they're not just game species, but we have a phenomenal diversity staff, too. But we actually have the ability and the uh, bandwidth within the state to somewhat do what we can to build those mm-hmm. animal populations yeah. within our...
0: Is the, um, is the positive bright spots in the forecast, is that indicative of just the
1: good winter we had? The conditions are just like... uh, yeah. Yeah, I, it's hard to say, right? <clears throat> it really is. I, I haven't talked to Sean about that directly. I would like to see something has pivoted more on a landscape level than we'll know in a couple years, right? If it's yeah. just a, If it's just a one-year bump up. Or is this a cycle that we've already went through, like the trough? Mm-hmm. They like to call them nadars. I like to call them troughs because <laughs> that's something that's... But uh, what that means is kind of the valley in the cycle. Birds are kind of on a 10-year cycle. Chuckers, sage-grouse are on a 10-year cycle. And, and there's a little bit more variability in the our selected uh, upland games bird species. But we're hoping it's a pivot more towards, you know, a positive direction. I'm not looking for the type of winter we had last year again in Nevada. Yeah. It's not as like a once-in-50-year winter here like because it, it was more substantial over on the Sierras. But um, the amount of... Uh, production that it puts out across the landscape in all different habitat associations but definitely in more of the Wyoming sagebrush, mountain sagebrush species, plant species and the animals that use them they seem to really benefit from these bigger winters and uh, which is unlike usually following hard winters you know usually we're back in the regular great basin dry summers you know very low precip up here we have had enough rains that the eastern region folks and some of the western region folks were having a second flush of green up. Which that could make it a little difficult, not because of low bird numbers, but because the production is so good the birds are a little bit spread out, you know, not looking for dry habitat, or I mean not looking for water because of dry,
0: they don't need the free water. Yeah.
1: You know, they're making metabolic water just off plants. Mhm. Uh, yep. Yeah. I guess I
0: could see that being, you know, such a good spring.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I and I don't knock the guys that don't have a dog. That, I mean, I'm thankful in Nevada. A lot of times we have good enough chucker numbers that you can be pretty successful without a dog. Mm-hmm. But I think it'd be paramount this year to to really uh to link up with somebody that has a good <laughs> bird dog because I think your experience could be a little better. You know, I don't foresee it drying out. It's it's kinda late in the season, even if we did dry out a little bit, I think the birds are where they're at need that they're they're probably gonna moraine somewhat, not associated directly with water sites. You know.
0: Yep. Well, I'm with you and I hope this is just part of this positive cycle. Yeah. Um, so say I'm chucker hunting, all of our calls that come in from chucker hunters right around now are where do I go? Where should I go? Could you get into some of the different spots people should head out to.
1: Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll name out a few mountain ranges and guys, I know where this is at and it's really no secret, but if I was in Churchill County, uh, sand springs, Stillwaters, uh, clan alpines, they all, and even, uh, they all had really good production, you know, and, and that's some areas people target for sure. You know, I'm not going to get down into spots and canyons and stuff. Those guys already kind of know, but, uh, but when you look at the report, you're going to find that out anyways.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, there's only four areas that we survey in Churchill County. But, yeah, Churchill County is very good. If I was in Elko County, just go in alphabetical order, Independence, uh, range around Midas, the snowstorms, they should have good bird numbers. It should be kind of on par of what it is during most really good years. You know, and, and I think it's not going to be – um, just associated with springs and guzzlers. I think guys are going to have to, you know, should be good numbers across the landscape in those areas.
0: That's good to hear.
1: Yeah. Uh, Eureka, you know, traditional areas like Simpson Park, Pine Forest, should, yep, should be pretty pretty decent. I just want to make sure I looked at, yeah, Black Rock was a little low. Uh, but that's Humboldt. So, but for Eureka, I would say uh, Simpson Parks, the Diamonds, should have some good hunting experience for sure. Humboldt County, uh, yeah, Santa Rosa. Uh, Black Rock was fairly low, probably wouldn't target that, uh, but yeah, some of the traditional ranges there I think would be good. Lander, um, yeah, I think I would probably target like Eisenhood Gap, some of that country. Uh, Mineral County, Gillis, um, Gabs Valley, I think you should be pretty good. There's there's a few more areas in there, but Pershing was the one that was, tend, tend to be yeah. suffering a little bit when you look out across it. But there is some decent areas in there. Uh, the Tobin and Sonoma, those would be good areas to target within Pershing County if you're wanting to look, you know, to have a, a decent hunt. And then obviously some of the, the guys that know the areas well, that kind of get underneath the veneer a little mm-hmm. bit, I think they're going to be able to find decent bird numbers. Yeah, uh, Woshaw County. Yeah, Granite's. That they should be decent. Um, uh, even the Buffalo Hills was over the threshold, but uh, the Calico and Granite seem to be doing a little better.
0: Lots of good opportunity out there, and in... it's
1: it's really this should be a good year for dog hunting, especially with all the spring precip we had and late snow melts in areas like eastern region and across northern Humboldt. The cover is going to be really good. Our perennial bunch grass uh, communities, like uh, blue bunch wheatgrass, and then the northern areas, some of the on the north facing slopes, some of the Idaho fescue communities, Sandberg's bluegrass on both sides, and then obviously, Chucker's tied intrinsically to Bromus tectorum cheatgrass. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fine fuels. Insect production should be good just about everywhere. So, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a good year.
0: In and- um, we talk about, like, experienced hunters will know what to look for and whatnot, but for those who aren't experienced in hunting upland game, this would be a good year to get out there and get started, wouldn't you say?
1: I'd say it'd be a real good year, because you're probably going to get lucky in areas that you wouldn't have in the past, but you're also going to figure out where birds are going to really be honing in on and have site fidelity to that has those habitat characteristics they're looking for. Uh, yeah, uh, when you see those areas and the a good amount of birds in there, maybe above average, know to go back to those areas. That might be one of your honey holes. But I think you're going to get lucky in areas that you might not have in the past. You know, yeah, there won't be as many holes in the population this year, as mm-hmm. we say in biology. So should be should be just a, and I I look forward for it to be in pretty cool fall. I'm not a meteorologist, but things are shaping up. We can get out a little earlier, maybe you know, in areas that's. Has decent rattlesnake populations we won't have to wait so long
0: yeah i think we all can't help but try to forecast the weather a little bit when we're trying to plan things like hunting
1: <laughs> i think we all do but if it's anything indicative of what's going on in western nevada right now i would say that the weather is be trending good. to to be fairly cool mm-hmm.
0: yeah, i agree I think they're forecasting for a
1: wetter winter. okay
0: but again, check the weather. <laughs> Don't listen to Aaron. <laughs> well, in
1: some of our Sky Island or fault block ranges, like on the, the Diamonds, the Tiobes, the Cortez, and, or not Cortez, but some of that area out there around Highway 50, a little bit of weather's not bad because it pushes Chucker down, mm-hmm. makes him a little bit more accessible, gets them up off the top.
0: That's true. So we're this went so fast we're almost to the end but I want to give you an opportunity to say anything else that you want people to hear hunter or experienced hunter new hunter whoever it may be is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up
1: I would say this would be a really good year to cut your teeth and get involved in upland game bird hunting in Nevada we have an awesome forecast not only as far as chucker um of course the sage grouse hunt's going to be happening and um that's more limited. But uh, dusky grouse in the eastern range, uh, we don't have as many dusky grouses like Idaho, Utah, and, and California does. City grouse more on this side of the state for sure. But as far as the mixed bag that you can get here, you can get mountain quill, gambles quill, uh, valley quill, dusky, city grouse, uh, sage grouse, chucker huns, rough grouse up in some of the areas in the northern part of the state and around the ruby. So, I might be leaving out something there but we uh it's a phenomenal opportunity and it should mm-hmm. be a good year for most of those species
0: that's good to hear and one important thing i left out is the chucker hunt opens statewide on october 14th yep um, check out our chucker forecast i just posted it on our website on the front page we'll also include the link in the caption to the podcast and buy your license if you haven't already if you're new to hunting you just go to endowlicensing.com get your license and like justin said it's the year to go
1: yeah one more thing my email is justin.small small small just like little sma double l -L, at endow.org so reach out to me with any questions and i'd be more than happy to help out and and, uh, yeah, communicate in a way that help you be productive in the field.
0: People will really appreciate that information in there. So yeah. thank you, Justin, for joining us for the first time. We'll get you back in here to talk about all those other upland game species.
1: Looking forward to it, guys. Appreciate it. Of Ashley and, Aaron. and Yeah, you bet.
0: And thank you, everyone, for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild.